gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier y'all gonna talk about it No Deanna speak that sh** that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant Yo, 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 welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the Million and Mindsets Podcast. I am your gracious host, Xavier Miller, and getting right to the show. But before we start, I would like to advise all the watchers, all the listeners, to please subscribe, hit that like button, hit that download button, that five-star rating, and review, share. Do all those things because we're trying to run the numbers up. And getting right to the show, y'all know I don't do the small talk. I like to get straight to it. I got a very, 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 very special guest. She one of the original main of mindsets guests that we had about three, four years ago. To see her, to see her boss up even more, have her back on the show, it's a wonderful thing. It's my good sis, Rashana Scott from Chicago. I'm super happy to have you here. What's good, sis? Hey, what's what up? up? What up? What up? Before we start, let's make a toast. We got the old fashioned. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Let's make a toast first. Toast to all your success. Cheers. And a great episode. Cheers. Shout Cheers. out, babies. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so getting getting right into it. So for the people, this may be their first time seeing you. They might have been under the rock. They ain't paying attention to what's going on in the world. Give a, give a brief background on, background on yourself. Let my listeners know who you are. Okay. All right. Hey, y'all. Um, so, like Xavier said, you know, it's good to be back again, mm-hmm. right? Um, way before the podcast studio. Yep. Way back before you even came, moved to Dallas. Yep. Um, we was on Zoom, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's good to be here, and um, definitely kudos to you Thank and you. everything that you've built and how Thank you've you. grown, and just, you know, to see the brand, uh, how it's taken off, I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so hey guys, so I'm Rashana Scott. Uh, I'm born and raised on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I am an Illinois licensed real estate broker. Uh, I run a team of agents uh, in the Chicagoland area where we service full service residential clients, uh, commercial clients, and with a specialty uh, in investment properties. Uh, Everybody on my team, we are all investors as well. That's also why we have um, a niche for uh, helping investor clients out. Uh, I'm also, uh, as I mentioned, an investor. So my investment background ranges from uh, wholesaling, fix and flips, tax lien investing, buy and hold. Um, I also own a community for women real estate investors uh, called Flipping in Heels. Okay. Um, for the past uh, four years, I have run a uh, nationwide platform of uh, for women community. Uh, well, a women's community. Uh, of investors nationwide, um, virtually, where we've done events online and all around the country. Um, actually, earlier this year, I launched a three-city tour uh, in March for Women's History Month called a Lady Landlord Tour. And uh, we hit three cities. We hit Chicago, Charlotte, and New York. Um, so that was great. So make sure y'all are uh, looking out for that because I'm sure we'll be running that back because mm-hmm. we had such a such a success with that. And um, goodness, let me see what else. You got a lot uh, going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm like pretty much all things real estate. So, you know, whether it's on the agent side or on the investing side, um, I have been a full-time entrepreneur um, since 2019. So that was a journey, you know, in itself. Um, and I've been in the industry uh, for a little over 10 years with, um, yeah, with a mix of both on the investing side um, and on the uh, realtor side. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> so before um, real estate, what were you doing? Uh, man, I was just 
grinding and trying to figure it out. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like I actually knew uh, that I wanted to be in real estate when I was probably about 18 or 19. But even before then, uh, I uh, there was a career day at my high school. And at the time, like, I knew I was going to be the boss of somebody, something, someday. No. Like, I was real-life baby boss in real life. I can see that. Um, I was, um, so I'm one of the youngest of seven. I have a little brother. But for uh, the longest, I was the, the youngest, youngest of six. And so I was always trying to keep up with my older siblings. And my mother, I remember her saying when I was probably, like, somewhere between three and five, I vividly remember her saying, telling to my sisters that I came in this world grown. <laughs> um, and so I even joke and I say like, oh yeah, I've been here before, right? Um, just because I was always naturally trying to keep up, you know, with my older siblings. And so um, even when it came to a career or, you know, just thinking about what I wanted to do in my life, I knew I wanted to be like the manager or supervisor or something. Sorry. Like I thought that was the highest level of success that I could reach. And then um, I was, like I said, we had a career day mm -hmm. and I was um, about 16. I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember there was a gentleman from AT&T and he came in and he was a manager at AT&T. So I'm like, oh, he a manager. He making six figures. Like, you know, he, 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 he got life figured out. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, he stood up in, in front of the classroom and he was like, even though I'm a manager at AT&T, I don't depend for AT&T to provide for me and my family. He was like, I also own 400 vending machines across the city of Chicago. And he explained the process of what it meant to you know fill, fill them up right every week and and the process and the routes and um them emptying it out and how much he would make and then like the staff that he had to have and things right. like that and those are my very first memories of the words entrepreneurship and financial freedom and things like that you know it was around the 07 08 09 and you know the yep. housing market was shifting and he would he i remember him saying that job security is an oxymoron Right. There is no security in having a job. And so then I was like, hmm, OK, well, I don't want to, you know, depend on somebody to take care of me and my family for the rest of my life either. So, OK, well, I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. And I didn't know what no, that fully meant. But I knew I knew that I that I knew. Right. And then fast forward a couple of years, um, I was working at my first job um, and I was a cashier and there was um, there was a guy who came in and he would be a regular. He would come in all the time and he owned properties and he would tell me about this book that he would give his tenants every single um, year. Well, if they're if they're a new tenant, he would give it to them uh, for Christmas every single year um, because he said his goal was for his all of his tenants to cool. eventually graduate from being a tenant to home ownership. And so he told me, you know, the next time that he would come in and he would bring me the book. Now, I didn't think anything of it, but then he ended up he bringing in Rich Dad Poor Dad. I, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it was say. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so when I was about 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there, that was when I read the book, which we all know is not necessarily a real estate book. It's more of a mindset right. book. Yeah. And a mind, you know, it, it introduces uh, you to a lot of those uh, initial principles. Yep. And um, that's exactly what it did. And then I was like, okay, so real estate is going to be my way. And so a lot of those early years of my early 20s was I was working full time and I was in school full time 
but I was trying to figure out real estate along the way. So I was grinding. I was going to all the free workshops, conferences, seminars that I could. I was still living at home. Um, and I didn't even want to go to school. My mama was like, if you're going to live in my house, you're going to go school. and get a degree. And I was like, but I don't, I don't need a degree to get into real estate. Like, I was set on, like, knowing that I was going to do real estate. But she was like, my mother is an educator for as long as I can remember oh, yeah, so. you know for as long as i've been she ain't alive. Play about that. no no she's yeah. like you going to school right um because you know rightfully so go to school get a good job or at least have something to fall back on yep. and so um so yes yeah, so i was in school so i went to school i got my degree but i was always doing real estate on the side so i was always hustling even before i had my first car i mean i was taking two buses in the train to get to school to finish my degree to go you know to go to work um, you know, even with the whole, you know, everything that happened around the 2009, 10, 11 with the housing market, I, I vividly remember Obama even coming on um, TV and saying how um, student loan debt was the fastest growing category of debt. And I remember reading it, rich dad, poor dad, like good debt versus bad, bad debt, debt versus leverage and all of the things. And so that was another reason why I was like, man, I don't want to go going to school. To school. <laughs> no, real talk. So then I was like, you know what, since my mama making me go to school or that she gonna put me out <laughs> i was like all right well i'm gonna stay home you know i didn't go away to school so i went to community colleges and i worked and i paid my way through school because i was just so fearful of getting into student loan debt so if i didn't have any money that semester i wasn't going, to, wasn't school. going to school I wasn't going to school, but I paid my way through school. And at the beginning of every year, I applied for all the state grants, right? And anything that the grants didn't cover, I just paid out of pocket. pocket. Damn, you was grinding for real. Yeah, that's really grinding. <laughs> so let's 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 fast forward for a second. So fast forward. You became full-time in real estate since 2019. Yep. So in 2019, um, I went full-time in real estate, but even before then so like you said that whole season of grinding from 2011 really was when i started my first business and um all the way to 2019 so for eight years it was a lot of trial and error a lot yeah. of figuring it out a lot of being in rooms with people that did not look like me um i had to get my con confidence built right because oftentimes i did know much going into these rooms and into these spaces but i was just eager to learn so it was a lot of that building process over the years but also um, i joined the real estate investment community i invested in my first flip when i was 20 uh, uh in 2015 um i was a private investor in somebody else's deal i ran a tax lien fund from 2016 to 2017 um, and then i went and got my real estate license because as I was growing also even on social media, like people would see that I'm at these real estate events and doing things, right? And then they would be reaching out like, man, I wanna buy, and I wasn't licensed. And so I was like, okay, well, let me, um, recommend you to you know family or friend but then I was like okay well I was still trying to figure out the investment side of the business and I just couldn't okay. figure it out so I was like well let me just get my license and at least I just help out a family or friend here or there yeah, but you know the brand awareness is key because my audience started to connect Roshana with real, real estate, estate because they saw so everything that I was doing and so much so that when I passed the real estate exam I posted on social media the first day and I got my first client but that's not because you know i just came just out of the, the blue. blue and i was like hey y'all i'm doing real estate <laughs> right, you know, i'm right, doing right, hey right. yesterday but i'm doing real estate today like no it was a it was a, a constant a consistent grind and it was years of trial and error mm. so yeah. no that's that's so important because you know today so many people they think they get the idea of doing entrepreneurship 
they get become an entrepreneur and they quit their job in a week. Oh. It's like that development. You talk about eight years of development, learning, building, uh, building confidence, yeah. all those things. That's crucial to if you really want to be a good entrepreneur because you throw, you put yourself out there. You know, this it ain't easy. Yeah, because let me tell you, in 2016, um, so before I quit that that uh, second job in 2016, I was actually a property manager. I was working in property management um, downtown uh, overnight for a facilities maintenance company. We did property management nationwide and I was going to school in the morning and like saying, yep, and working at night and then I was doing real estate in between. Um, that job, I ended up getting let go from that job, but I had savings. And so when I left from that job, I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna be good. I had like 18 months of savings That's saved really up, good. right? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, because at that time, everybody was saying on social media, oh, you just need six months of savings. You just need yep. six months of savings, right? So I went and and um, did a lot with the tax lien investing in Northwest Indiana. Um, I raised capital, uh, was a general partner over the fund. We purchased 60 liens at the tax lien property, oh, yeah. um, at the tax lien auction. Um, and then I ended up going separate ways uh, with that partner. Now, the lesson in that was when I looked up and it was, I was coming up on my 18 months, right? And I had to go back to work because I was like, Okay, everybody say you need six months of savings. I was like, I had 18 and I thought I was gonna be good. It ain't about six months of savings. What it's about is having something that you can actively walk into that's going to continue going, you know, once you walk away from this secure income. Because I think that's the thing, you know, so many people are afraid to walk away from that security, yep. you know, the insurance, all the things. But if you already have something that you are, you've already built up and that's in motion, then you never have to look back. So, you know, when I had, when I went back to work, I went back and I started my first job well, I started th that next job and I got um, my broker's license to sell in the same month. So it was September of 2017. I started a new job and I got my broker's license. And I knew for a fact, I was like, okay, I'm only going to be here a year, a year and a half. And I was like, you know, when I leave this job, like I ain't going back to another one. Yeah, going back. And so I grinded I grinded, boy. I mean, I'm telling you, I was at inspections at 7 o'clock in the morning, and I was downtown clocking in at 8.30. Like, on my lunch break, I would be going to closings. Luckily, I worked in the Loop, which is downtown, for you people not in Chicago. Right, 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 so right. I worked, so I worked in the Loop, so a lot of my closings would be downtown. So I would be going to closings on my lunch break. Or, you know, if it was, um, if I had a showing that was, you know, within proximity of the job, I would be going to a showing on my lunch break. I even moved. I was living in the suburbs at the time, and I was taking the train downtown to go to work I moved my apartment closer to work so I could get home in 10 to 15 minutes and get in my car and do showings after work like that's how much I was committed to the grind and then so when people say like oh I don't have the time I think the reality is that you do have the time but what are you doing with your time right what are you doing with your free time and how are you spending your free time you know Every single moment I could get, I was, you know, listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was just investing in myself because I knew that job wasn't my end-all be-all. <laughs> like, I talk. knew, you know, I was getting up out of that thing. And, um, you know, the average agent does one deal in their first year. I did seven while working a full-time job. And my clients, when I finally did quit, 
probably all of them was like, man, I didn't even know you had a job. I was like, that good. You wasn't supposed you to know, was supposed right? to know. Like, I was, you know, you was at work, I was at work, right? Yeah. When you got ready to go to showings in the evenings or on the weekends, all that mattered is that I was available, yep. right? And my grind was there, you know, to show up and to show up, like to show up and be there for my clients so that they wouldn't even feel or notice the difference. And your grind's still there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> what, what, you've been full-time entrepreneur, what, four years now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's huge because... The, the statistics say, according to Eek.com, they say 70, like 75% of small businesses fail within within two to five years and 96% fail within 10. Mm. So to make it and be profitable in making it, people yeah. don't understand how amazing that is to Man. do it that long. Man, and it's it's truly a blessing. It of is. course, like I, you know, I gotta thank God for sure for just like the blessings and like I don't take lightly like the calling that I know that is on my life, but also it's a responsibility. You know, I feel like most leaders didn't ask to be one, right? Thanks. And then when you realize like oh, okay, you know, people are inspired by me. People, you know, look at us and they see, you know, themselves, themselves. right? And and the grind initially started out because I didn't see anybody that looked like me, right? Like I said, oftentimes I was in those rooms feeling very small and very intimidated. And then I was like, I can't be the only one that's feeling like this. You know, I'm like, where is she? Where is the black female investor that's out here killing it? That's not just, you know, opening doors and showing pretty houses. Like, yeah, that's cool too. But where are the decision makers? Where are the ones that's cutting a check? You know, where are the project managers, the ones that are investors and the flippers and the landlords and, and you know, all the, all the things, right? Because that's initially what attracted me to, you know, the real estate world. It was the investing side of the business. I had no intentions on, on being a top producer. Really? That's yeah. wild. What do you say, like, because um, it seems like in 2023, everybody wants to be a realtor now. <laughs> everybody got showing off hella houses. Be like, hopefully y'all doing sales, man. Wait, they, take, they taking in pictures like this. That you, <laughs> you know, that's exactly what they doing. Everybody, they, they taking their headshots yeah, and they ready. In front of a big ass house. you like, damn, everybody a realtor now. So I want to ask you, though, what makes, because like you said, most of the average realtor, I didn't know this, only does one deal in their first year. Yeah. So what makes somebody a great realtor where they could come in the game and immediately, immediately like go crazy? Mm, that's a great question. Um, the number one job of a real estate agent is lead generation, period, point blank. So you have to figure out a way to generate leads. Um, I generate 85% of my leads through social media, right? And I do so because I'm consistently putting out content, speaking to my ideal client, right? And so that's also how I became hashtag the investor's realtor. My love for investing, I was just sharing like, did y'all know you could take a you know tr traditional IRA or Roth IRA or 401k and roll it over into a self-directed IRA and invest in real estate tax-free or tax-deferred? I'm like, did y'all know this? You know, all of the things that I'm learning, I'm putting out and I'm sharing and then next thing I know, all of these investors are coming like, yo, I wanna work with you, right? So that's one. Um, the next thing is you have to make sure that you are resourceful. So people come to me and they work with me because they know I'm the plug, right? When it comes to Chicago real estate, specifically 
on the south side uh, or specifically investment properties or multifamily like we got a saying within my women's community and it's I got a guy for that right so if you ask me hey Rashana, I need a roofer I need an electrician I need a window guy I need a gate guy I need a welder I need a I need a garage person I need a concrete person I need a, a tuck pointing person we can go down the list right I got a guy for that but I have built up my Rolodex over time and that's what I tell my agents like you have to be resourceful and come from a place of value right um, like I have people People who come to me all the time who ask, hey, do you have a lender for this or that, right? Because they're doing very specific creative deals. Even on the attorney side, you'll be surprised at how many attorneys do not know and do not understand creative financing and how valuable it is to have one of those in your back pocket, one, two or three of those in your back pocket, right? And so being resourceful is definitely going to make sure that people are coming to you, you know, over and over and over again. Of course, like I said, you know, we're in the age of social media, so you have to show up and show what it is that you're doing. People want to work with who they see working. Thanks. So you need bar. to definitely be posting your content, documenting your journey. Uh, when I teach social media for real estate professionals, you know, we always talk about like imposter syndrome, right? And people don't want to post on social media because they're like, oh, I don't want to look like this. Or I don't want to, I don't want to people to, you know, have this perception that I'm an expert or that I'm a know-it-all or, or whatever the case, right? Or that I think higher of myself. I think that's that whole imposter syndrome that people have. But at the end of the day, I tell people, document your journey. Like, nobody say you have to be an expert to show that, hey, I'm showing up and I'm showing houses today. That's a part of your journey, right? So documenting that because people want to see that. So when people see that you're working, people see that you're relatable. Like, I put out a poll one time and I said, um, what's one thing that you think about when you think about me that's not real estate, that don't have nothing to do with real estate? And probably 90% of people say food, okay? <laughs> Everybody knows that I'm a foodie. Like, mm -hmm. it's no secret. And I've even had clients that say, man, Rashawn, I can't wait to, to work with you until I close with you because I know after closing, we're going to go get something food. to eat, you right, know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so you attract, you know, when you just show up as your authentic self, um, but absolutely lead generating, you know, come from a place of value. Um, make sure that you are consistently giving out gems and information, like I said, and being resourceful. So like when people come to me and work with me, especially like landlords, I don't have just one resource for them, right? I got resources on them at the front of their uh, transaction, through the middle of the transaction, and at the end of the transaction. Because it's like, hey, you know, at the front of the transaction, what do you need to get done? You need a, you need a great uh, um, insurance guy, you need a great inspector, you need a great attorney, and you need good financing. You need to be able to get to the closing table, right? In the middle of the transaction, you're more than likely going to need contractors, contractors, contractors. We all know, you know, how interesting that industry can be, right? But having a great team, having great referrals, you know, is going to be top notch, right? And then at the end of that transaction, I'm talking with you about strategy, about like, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to do um, short-term rentals? Do you want to do mid-term rentals? Do you want to do Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com, Peerspace? Do you want to do traveling nurses, um, corporate housing, you know, corporate rentals? Or do you want to do, um, you know, uh, Section 8 or different other subsidy programs, right? Like I did an event last week and I talked about like the number of different programs outside of just Section 8 that you can, you know, uh, that you can tap into. A lot of people only think That's that right. Section 8 is the only way to get, you know, government of subsidy uh, funding, funding for your, you know, for your rentals. And it's not. So I, 
I fully believe in being resourceful at every, every end time. of the transaction, right? And the other thing too is that, you know, we talk about this in marketing, is really the jab, 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 right hook method, right? Where you give, give, give so much free information that when you ask for the sale and when you ask for the business, it's easy, right? Or it's a no brainer. Or even in turn, like when people come to me, like, you know, and again, I, I say this humbly, like I'm so grateful um, that I don't have to do traditional methods of lead generating, right? So, um, before social media, uh, the, 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 the most common lead generating methods were door knocking, right. Or like cold calling, yep. right. Like you, you, there's, there's tons and tons of systems and books that'll tell you, this is how you get business, you know, as a realtor. But you know, because I put out so much free information, when people come to me, like, I don't have to show up to a listing appointment and interview right, right, right. right? <laughs> when I'm showing up I already got the job right yeah. but that's also because I put out so much free information that people see it as them doing themselves a disservice yeah, if they don't if they work, don't work with, with you something you said which is a super bar I hope people pay attention you said people want to work with people who they see who working. they say who they see working that's cold <laughs> you need to you need to you need to trademark that or something. Put, on that, put it on the t-shirt because that's that's real like for anybody that's listening that's really the, that's the formula right there. That's with any industry. If I yeah. see you working, I'm going to mess with you. Cause I'm like, I know this person. He did, I always see them doing what they say they're doing. Period. Yeah. And then, I mean, social media is your social resume today, right? Mm. Like, um, I know someone who has been working on a business forever and every time, like, but nothing's on social media, but they've been working on it in the background forever. And it's like, uh, you know, I mean, you know, people don't want to listen. You tell them, you know, what you want to tell them. But but I know what has worked for me. Right. And I will say, you know, going back to that imposter syndrome, I've dealt with that. Like I because it's even gotten back to me like, oh, she ain't really doing this or she ain't really doing that in my earlier years. Right. But the reality was, but no, I wasn't. But I was trying. Right? right. And I was working on and I was getting there. I never put it out there and said, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. I just showed what I was doing and how you choose to perceive it is on you right mm -hmm. perception is reality and that's that's what we that's that's the thing about social media right that's why you also got to be careful about what it is that you take in and that what you perceive but again the consumer didn't know the difference they didn't know whether i was an investor whether i was a broker, broker whether i was an agent they didn't know what they just saw me showing up going to events getting the education and learning and consistently putting myself out there and because of that that is what helped me take off that's that's hard. So, like, what is your thoughts on you know this current market? What's happening in twenty twenty three? What's your thoughts on that? Because there's some pe some people that's like, man, fuck it, I ain't buying, and others that's like, should I buy? Like, what what do you think? Because I know even in Chicago, Chicago market crazy right now. Yeah, it's a it's definitely an interesting market. Um, so my answer always has and always will be, um, don't stop buying real estate. Um, we hear it all the time. First of all, we all know 90% of um, millionaires. millionaires, right, have become so through real, real estate. estate. And we also know, you know, don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait. I literally just had this very exact conversation with um, a potential client who is like, man, um, should I wait, right? But, but it's because, you know, we also had to have the come to Jesus meeting. Like, 
I don't like to waste my time and I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to tell you up front, if you tell me that, hey, you know, I want a three bedroom, two bath in XYZ neighborhood, but my budget is 300000 I'm going to tell you right then and there. That's happening. It's not happening, right? And so are we going to shift the strategy? Are we going to look at different areas? Are we going to look at a different property type, right? Because if you tell me you want maybe a two or three or four unit, because I do attract a lot of multi-unit clients, then I might say, hey, maybe we should look at a single family that has an in-law suite, right? Maybe it has a basement apartment that you can turn into something, or maybe it has an attic apartment that you can turn into something to make for additional income, right? So I'm going to talk to you about the strategy, but we're definitely not going to talk about like just don't buy. Because when people always ask me, should I wait? My response is wait on what? What are you waiting on? Because you don't know if prices are going to go down or nope. up. I don't know if prices are going to go down or up. I don't even try to guess. Timing, right? I, I, I don't, right? Because the what I've noticed over year over year is that investors just switch their strategy, right? And it's the same thing as a broker in the industry. You just have to shift your strategy, right? We went through a shift. We're still in a shift. The, the market has been shifting since COVID, okay? We have been in a three-year shift. Um, and we've seen, you know, rates go historically low and we saw the market shift, mm -hmm. right? We saw them start to creep back up. The market started shifting again. Now they're up even more. You know, we're still in a shift. But what I think is that um, you should buy smart and you should buy right, right? So what does that mean? Possibly buying something that has equity in it. Um, possibly buying something that needs some work, some sweat equity, right? There are a number of different um, programs out there that you can use, even as a first-time homebuyer or a first-time investor who's going to live in the property, where you can use a 203K renovation loan, or you can use a conventional renovation loan. NACA has a renovation product. VA has a renovation product. So there's a number of different products that even as first-time homebuyers or first-time investors who plan to live in um, the multi-unit, there's a number of different opportunities where you can go in and you can essentially force the equity, you know, when you find a property that's a, a value no add. So yeah, so I'm definitely not going to tell anyone to stop buying because also, you know, we all know this as well. If rates do happen to drop, you can always refinance, refinance. right? But if rates happen to go up, then you missed it when it was, you know, lower, right? That's the, like, you know, other than that, I don't, like I said, I don't try to time the market. I don't, you know, I'm not, I didn't go to school for, you know, economy, right? Like, I didn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not studying, right, 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 right. you know, what's going on and things like that. Like, you know, what, what it's going to be is what it's going to be, right? And when we wake up tomorrow, you know, if the Fed's determined to spike rates again, then that's what it's going to be. If they, decide, if they decide to lower the rates, then that's what it's going to be. And how are we going to adjust, right? And how are we going to support our clients? And that's really the biggest thing. I'm always like, what is your goal? And let's focus on getting you there. Good, good. That, that's game because yeah. right now it is at prices that many of us in our life, we ain't never seen in our lifetime. So, so many of us is like, but I, I think what it really comes down to for most people is most people just trying to buy out of their range anyway. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I think they, you have to keep in mind that ownership is the name of the game, right? On average, properties appreciate at 3 to 4% annually, annually anyway, right? So how much does rent appreciate, right? Or how much does rent increase? Sex. But when you're paying on your mortgage, you're paying into your equity, right? You're paying into your ownership. And so just for, for from that 
fact alone, you know, from that statistic alone, like that is reason enough, you know, to buy. Now, the only time where individuals maybe shouldn't buy, um, I would say is if they are using their money for other investments and using their money for other, just other streams of revenue. So I'll give you an example. I actually literally just had a client who uh, we were under contract and her deal um, for uh, the condos just had way too many issues with the association. And she was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm take a pause, right? I'm not gonna buy right now. And I was like, okay. And then she asked like, well, what do you feel about like the market overall? We had the same exact conversation. And, um, you know, we talked about renting versus buying and when it makes sense maybe to not rent. And I told her, I was like, hey, I literally just had this very exact conversation with my advisor. I have a number of different investments that I have going on and I want to buy something else. And he's like, mm, focus on your investments here just because of what's going on with the market and then let's wait. So I would say obviously like consult a financial advisor, right? But I have multiple properties, mm -hmm. I have investments, like that's a separate conversation and that's a one-to-one -one conversation. If you don't own anything yet, absolutely no, buy. Ownership is the name of the game, period, point fact. blank, right? And and if you're in a market too that has multi-units, or like I said, you have single families where you can maybe, you know, finish out the basement or finish out the attic where you can just transform that space into making additional income, by all means, I would say go for that. Mm -hmm. For the sake of conversation and great content, I got to play devil's advocate for a second because I know a lot of people I talk to people about this conversation. This is what a lot of people say. They say, and I want your opinion on this. They say, well, when you buy a home for the first 15 years, you're only paying off interest anyway. You're not paying off the principal. Mm -hmm. And also people be like, well, technically you never own it anyway because if you don't pay property taxes, the government gonna come back and take your property anyway. So technically there is no such thing as ownership because the government, they could come and take it however, whenever, whenever they want if you ain't handling your business. What's your response to people with that mentality? Tax write-offs and benefits of the tax code. That's, that's it, that's it. Because you gotta think about it, the tax code was not written for the poor. It wasn't. Right? It was written for business owners, written for the rich, written for the wealthy, written for people. Owners. Um, written for owners, homeowners, business owners, property owners, right? And then even um, what you can do with that equity, right? So you talk about like, okay, in 15 years, you're paying into the interest, but you're st you're still paying down on the pay the principal and the interest regardless. Yes, majority is going towards the interest, but you're paying down on the principal and the interest. At the same time, you have appreciation year over year. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who um, it was either in the pandemic or right before the pandemic. I want to say he bought a two unit um, in Chicago, and then not even a year, year and a half later, we all know prices jumped up Jump. because of supply and demand, right? Yeah. Interest rates went historically low. And then, um, you know, the demand for housing increased. So then the prices increased. His equity increased for over $100,000. So in about a year, yeah. year and a half, he cashed out. Yeah, I know somebody did exactly. So same like, thing. what are we talking about? You know, what are we, <laughs> what are we talking about? You know, with this, oh, you'll never own it, X, Y, Z. Like, you know, it's you know the people with that mentality. Um, 
man, you know, I, I, I say they, they just haven't been in a position of ownership. Damn. So they don't understand the benefits of ownership, right? And I think, I think they just have to, uh, you know, keep listening to folks, you know, people like us who are preaching a good gospel, mm -hmm. um, you know, because obviously we ain't uh, preaching this for our health, right? We're preaching this because we've seen the other side, right? And we were introduced to it and exposed to it, you know, at a young age. Like we're both, you know, barely hitting 30. Yep. And, but we've been talking about this for, for quite some time for a reason, right? Um, these conversations were not had at our dinner tables, right? When we were growing up over the years. And so we're sharing this information to say like, hey, man, this is the good word and this is the gospel. And like, man, did y'all know about this? Like, I'm trying to take as many people with me as possible, right? Because like historically and generationally, like that wasn't our story, right? Um, and so, yeah, so for people that say that, um, again, I just think investments, period, you know, mm. is the biggest thing, right? Investments, investments, ownership, um, at the end of the, at the end of the day. And then, and even real estate might not be for everybody, right? Facts. Maybe stocks is, you know, your, your, your pathway thing. to ownership, right? Yeah. Or maybe different businesses is your pathway to ownership, or maybe you, you're an angel investor and you, you know, do a lot of like venture, um, capitalist investments and things like that. Ownership something. is the name of the game. Own something. Period. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's a number of different tax benefits as well that you can take from your capital gains. Right. Facts. I'm not. Right. So I'm not Facts. a CPA or, or a tax advisor. So we're not going to get into all of that. But, but that's real. But yeah. That's real. <laughs> hey, uh, we, you spoke on you spoke on social media earlier. We were talking about social media and using it to grow your brand and grow your platform. Mm -hmm. So I want to make a quick pivot because at the end of the day, you are killing it. You doing your thing. I've been knowing you for a while now. You've been doing your thing for a minute. Super knowledgeable, brilliant, going crazy. So I, we got we got to talk about this. So what is it? What is what is dating like? You know what oh, I'm saying? Lord. <laughs> <laughs> What's in 2023? What? You know, you know. Everybody be kind of because people gonna see this, they're gonna be curious. They're gonna be like, damn, she got it going on. Like, what's, what's up? What's up with it? Is she available? Like, what's happening? So, let's let, let's talk about Ooh, that for a second. If you <laughs> man, Zay, oh man, dang, Zay, Maybe. right? <laughs> no, Big speechless, all. all right, so, um, man, the streets is ghetto. I'm just <laughs> the streets are very good. No, you know what? It's so funny. Um, it's interesting that you asked that because I actually don't think. I mean, there's a number of different, you know, of course, podcasts that are out there, or whatever, that talk about dating and things like that. And I rarely <clears throat> even subscribe to, to any, any of that it. stuff. Facts, facts, any facts. of it. You know, I'm more so attracted to, um, like the the Christian podcast or like the pastors who are talking about the good side of marriage and a good side of dating and a good side of like fruitful love. And, you know, I truly believe in black love, partnership, all the things, right? Yeah. Um, I don't subscribe to none of that other nonsense, but I will say, I don't believe that um, dating as a quote unquote influencer is uh, talked about enough and um, the challenges that we face. And so for me, um, Man, I remember saying this to somebody like, I don't want somebody that's looking at me as a come up, right? Like, yes, you can see online like that I've done these things or that I have this success or whatever the case. But like, I would much rather meet somebody who doesn't even know no, who are. I am, right? Because I don't want you to look at me for, you know, what I've done or what I've accomplished, right? 
And um, man, you know, as a woman, like it's scary. It can be scary out here dating, you know, and not knowing like who is genuinely there for you, right? And and what you bring to the table and and things like that, and really just the role that you want to play um, in um, in a partnership. Um, the other thing too is that. You know, as a as a successful woman meeting other, you know, meeting successful men and in the dating world, it's interesting because um, a lot of men are like they've they've read the ones that I'm encountering, right? Um, they they're a good caliber uh, of of men, right? I don't attract nobody who ain't, right? right you right, attract right, right. you attract what you are, what you are right? Yep. So we ain't talking about you know that category of right. you know people, but we talking about a great quality caliber, you know, educated, you know, couple businesses, couple investments, professionals, mm. all the good things, right? Um, and have reached a certain level of success. Um, my biggest gripe in dating right now is that. Um, I'm not meeting men who want to build and they're like, you know, I actually had someone tell me before he never saw himself building with a woman. Mm. Um, he, I guess just figured he would hustle and grind and build on his own and get to a certain place to where he's comfortable. And then when he ready, you know, he could just break on board. He could just take his pick, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's gonna be a number of, you know, I guess women just around, you know, who are available. So um, that dynamic has been interesting because, uh, yeah, I'm not attracted to a lot of guys, but when I am attracted to uh, someone, usually that's the thing. Like they so focused and they so locked in. And it's an interesting dynamic to juggle because there's also a saying too, like, oh, if you if you want if you don't want to deal with a broke man, you got to deal with a busy man, yep. right? Like we've seen that. But I'm a busy woman. But guess what? I'm a, we all make time for what we want to make time for too. So I think that's the other thing too. Like if you're not in a season to date, or if you're not in a season to court. Just leave just people alone. Leave people alone. <laughs> just leave people alone. You know, like, don't be out here, like, faking the funk and trying to get somebody's attention, especially my attention, because when I give it to you, now I'm going to want to see what you're going to do with it, right? And if you fumble the ball, you ain't going to get a second chance. Like, you talk, know, talk you, only get, you only get one chance to fumble the ball. But, yeah, but that's in, that's an interesting dynamic of what I'm seeing is that um, men, you know, and I ain't going to say all men, but right. a lot of men can't multitask. Damn. Well, you mean when you say multitask, you mean multitask? They like I'm grinding, I'm focused on my business, I'm focused on my hustle, and I'm building, 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 and then I'm gonna focus on the relationship later. Oh yeah, that's that's a hard that's something hard to do because women require <laughs> a lot of our time and attention. But I believe that the right woman is going to help you build. Mm. Right. Okay. So you don't have to feel like you got to put 100 percent into what it is that you're building on your own when you have a partner, because a woman, a woman that's whole is going to come in and go add, add a lot of value. What's on top of everything that you got going that's on? A fact. Like there is nothing that you can tell uh, a, a solid woman who is genuinely interested in you, who is a hustler, a go-getter, you know, all the things. If you're dealing with some type of problem or issue or whatever the case, she is going to show up and be there for you. So Absolutely. I think it's definitely, there's an issue of pride and ego as well. Absolutely. <laughs> there's an issue of pride and ego. There's an issue, especially when you talk about a man that's already successful, there's an issue of like so many things we've already experienced. So it's like, it's hard to trust 
especially if they don't if they don't know much about you it's like how can i trust this person if they're trying to get clout off me they're trying to get money off me so i don't know if i can really trust this woman because you got you got gold diggers on both sides you got men gold absolutely. diggers. absolutely women gold diggers. dudes be out here dating for clout exactly <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, that's, um, that's real the dudes definitely out here dating for clout with that being said though, let me ask you this because you talked about how difficult it is as an influencer as somebody that's successful being a woman dating do you think it would be easier for you to find love if you wasn't successful yeah, probably. Cause I would, cause if I wasn't successful, then I would attract someone who also wasn't successful, right? <laughs> and, and so, and so, and so, I the grind wouldn't be um, as you know as much of a burden. I think on both sides. I think the the successful male has this whatever it is that they're trying to reach, right? And they just feel like they got to grind so hard and so much to get that, right? Yep. But when you somebody who ain't got a lot going on for yourself and you just, you know, wake up and you you taking whatever the world is going to give you, you, you know, you ain't got no cares in the world or whatever. And you really lackadaisical about life and you going on about, you know, maybe you going to work, you're doing this, you're doing whatever. Right. Like you you're not um, you don't have that hunger and that desire inside of you for more then yeah, you got all the free time in the world. But again, I want to go back to um not missing the fact of like when you have, like I said, a good, solid woman of value, right? A woman of quality who is saying like, hey, I see what you got going on. You know, I support you and I want to be there for you and I want to help you, right? A lot of women can come in and add structure to yeah. a lot of businesses, Yeah, because right? we need it. Absolutely. Have you ever gone to uh, an event ran by all men? Absolutely. <laughs> There's no man. Look, the best event I ever been to, it was structured and organized by women. Because women, let's just keep it real. Women, y'all are way more organized mm -hmm. than us. Yeah. We not when it comes to that. Most dudes, we just not that organized. So if you got a woman around you, a team of women, or a relationship with a woman that is organized, it's gonna make your life a lot. It's gonna make everything smoother. Yeah. So there's power in partnerships. There's power in two. There's power in union. You know, two becoming one. You yeah. know, all the things. But I think, but that even goes back to the whole stigma of dating. Like I think dating is such a trash thing right now, and it's interesting. Because um, the thing is that like there's no rules in dating, right? Everybody just go with the flow. Everybody just go with the vibes. Or like you know, it's like okay, well we'll just see what happens instead of being going instead of being intentional, right? And going into um, pursuing someone and saying like, hey, you know what? You know, I'm interested in you. You interested in me? Do our do our core you know values, goals, mission, ethics? Do, does all of that align? You know, do we want you know the same end goal? Okay, well let's you know let's focus on each other and let's see you know what happens, right? Versus in today's world, it's more so like okay, you know, you cool, I'm cool, we cool, I see you, you know, but I'm gonna be over here and doing my thing, but I'm gonna check in with you. You know, don't go too far because I'm going to check in, but I'm going to still be over here doing my thing. And I'm, I'm, I might, you know, add a couple other people in the mix, too. No, this, this and when is, I'm ready, then I'll holler at then you. Then I'll holler at you. This is very interesting because <laughs> everybody I talk to that's, that's out dating, they all, it's the same answer for everybody. But it's like on social media, people will try to portray like, oh, it's lit. I'm having such a ball. But when I talk to everybody one-on-one, they like, man, this shit is, this shit garbage. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> it's like, what throw the, is the... Throw what, the whole scene away. What, so the, what's, what, in your opinion, what's the, what's the solution to this? Like, how does... Ooh, okay. So, um, man, to be honest, uh, as a believer, 
Um, I actually just finished reading a book. It t- and, and I never read like books from. <laughs> it take me forever to read a book. I'm more of an audible girl. Okay. But my girlfriend gifted me a book um, at the beginning of the year because um, I was going through, you know, a situationship and I was just over it. And she gave me this book, um, and it's and it talks about biblical courtships for marriage versus um, dating. And man, the way it broke it down was so good. And then my girlfriend ended up telling me another girlfriend. She was like, when I was just telling her, just you know, my gripe that I have with dating, she was like, maybe you're not called for dating. Maybe you called for courtship. And it has literally stuck with me ever since. I was like, I think you're right, because these streets is is ghetto. So when you ask like, what's the solution? Man, it's, it's, it's way more than what we obviously have time to talk about, mm-hmm. but absolutely communication alignment is going to be huge, right? Making sure that you are on the same page from the very beginning, right? Not wasting nobody's time and stating up front exactly what it is you want. I think that sometimes people don't state exactly what it is that they want because they feel like it's going to scare the other person off. Right. So state exactly where you are and the right person is going to be there regardless. Right. If that person is not meant for you in that season, then let them move on and let them, you know, live their life. Right. And that's really what I think communication, alignment, honesty, you know, integrity. But I think, like I said, at the end of the day um, communicating, right, that that whatever your end goal is like and maybe y'all don't maybe both of y'all are like, look, I'm just out here having fun and and that's that if y'all align on that then cool right but if you somebody that's out here having fun and you know you meet somebody that's looking for you know their husband like don't you know don't don't the two probably shouldn't shouldn't jail because you're not in alignment no you're not <laughs> it's a yo it's so wild in here like i like i told i'll be telling my friends i'm like man if i was single at 30 with everything i've been done and accomplished i don't think i would I'm not to say it'd be impossible, but the likelihood of me being in a serious relationship, it would be so slim because it's so wild out here. Mm. Just the stuff I be seeing, the mindset that people have regarding relationships. It's like, I know you've seen that that that, that list they have for first dates, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, yo, people do people really think like this? Like, this right. is crazy. Right. Now, a lot of them places was like, okay, that makes sense. But I've seen stuff like sporting events. Right. Like, shit like, you can't take somebody to the game on a first date. This is really how y'all feel? Like, Man. it's crazy out here. Yeah, it's it's it is crazy, um, and it's unfortunate. Um, we, you know, what I'm like, what's what's after uh, millennials? Z, Z, Z I think that's, I think it's X, Z. Y, something, so all, all the letters, okay. Letters, yeah. <laughs> but the internet age of millennials is, oh, not millennials, but the generation um, after millennials. Yeah, and even the generation after them, like the the kids, kids, right? <laughs> they like. I'm telling you, like, the internet is it's just it crazy. It's ruining the society, yeah. right? And so, um, you know, that's why a lot of people are saying, like, man, end times are near because yep. if you if you, if you you get in that word, you know, when Facts. you see, like, you know, all of the things that are happening that are going on, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting time. And, um, you know, again, I, I for me... As a believer, I'm just, I, I want to go back to the basics. Like for me, it's important that I have a solid foundation uh, with someone. I actually ended a relationship because we didn't have the same spiritual beliefs um, mm. because that is very important to me. And I mean, the foundation is the solid ground on which we gonna build on, right? And if you don't have a solid 
foundation in a alignment for to begin with, then what are we doing? You know, ain't nobody getting no younger. I don't want to waste. I'm not wasting my time. Let's be very clear. I'm not wasting my time, and I don't want to waste your time. Oh, and that's the other thing too. Before we get off, <laughs> wait. Before we get off this topic, because. You know, I don't know what it is, but there's this whole match energy thing. Yep. What is this? There's this whole match energy thing where it's like, oh, so, you know, if, if he started acting a certain way or if she started acting a certain way, you know, you just match energy. Why? I don't get that. Why? And what's crazy, like people legit say that and believe it. And they really believe that, like, oh, I'm going to just match energy. Why would I lower my vibration to meet you on a level in which you may be at if that's not where I, I'm at, right? Like, I'm not a gray person. I'm black and white, yes or no, Facts. up or down, left and right, right? Just be very straightforward. Like, I don't think the whole matching energy thing um, is, is helping our society either. Um, and... Hold your friends accountable. Hold your friends accountable. Mm. So, you know, if people say that they want better for themselves or people say they want to be married or people say they want this or want that or whatever the case and you see them doing anything opposite than that, then call them out on it. For sure. Right? Call them out on it. Right? We're not going to even talk about, like, people who are married who are out here just wilding out. Right? Hold them accountable, too. But I think just across the board, like, just showing up to be a better person in this in world, world. Right? <laughs> like, so, so again, we can go on and on and on and on. No, I know can. this is not a dating episode, so let's not. No, <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. So let's you. not go there. But, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely interesting um, dating as a, a quote-unquote influencer. Um, but yeah, but also, you know, I know that, uh, you know, my, my Boaz is coming. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm gonna keep no, hustling. I'm gonna keep grinding because I know what I'm working on and I know what I'm building too. And so, you know, I'm gonna just keep focusing on that until, you know, Mr. Right comes along. 100%. <laughs> and, and, and two things, just cause I know, I know the day in life, everybody I talk to, they all say the same thing. They like, it's trash, but just. And I know you kind of feel similar, but speaking life into you for a second, you definitely, knowing you over the years, you definitely a wife. So it's going to happen for you. <laughs> and I ain't just saying that to gas you up, but just saying, I'm just saying that because I personally know you. So I know firsthand that it's definitely going to happen. It's only a matter of time. So you're going to meet somebody that's going to be right for you. And it's, 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 it's a no-brainer. It's going to happen. It's just, it's just only time. Mm -hmm. and, the second, and the second thing is, I think the stuff that I see on social media and the conversations and all that, me personally, not to get in a conspiracy theory bag, but as just as a thinker, I think it's intentional because it's just funny to me how they like the the prices of everything, the you know what I'm saying, the cost of living, go through the damn roof while they convincing males that they don't need women mm. and convincing women that they don't need men. Come on, that's just a hell of of a coincidence to me, and I don't think that's by accident. Hmm. So as a thinker, I'm like, man, y'all people need to for a second just think. Divide like, and we fall. It's, it's divide and conquer. Yeah. Separate homes, that's more money for the people that control everything. Because it's not just households, it's just a bunch of damn individuals. But mm. I ain't even going to go too deep in mm. that. But that's just how I see it, Come me on. personally. Black wealth. That's that black love, <laughs> yeah. black wealth talk right there. No, real talk, real talk. That's, so. how, I, that's how I see it. But before 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 we wrap up, I want to I want you to um, give some people some inspiration, some motivation. Because there's a lot of people that's listening to the show. They're super young, they early 20s, mid-20s, right? And they hear your story, they like, damn, 
I'm at this bullshit job that I, I'm making thirteen dollars an hour. No disrespect to somebody that's making that. That's not what I'm doing. But they like I want to get out this job and do my own thing and, and, and have that faith and belief in myself. But I'm just kind of like I don't know. I don't really trust my. I don't really. I'm scared. What do you say to those people that's yeah. feeling like that? Yeah, I think the. I mean, the first thing that you have to do is. Um, you have to believe in yourself, mm -hmm. right? You have to figure out what it is that you want to do and believe that you can do it, right? And believe that you can accomplish it. Um, when I walked away from my job, um, the last job that I walked away from, I knew, you know, I went into it knowing that like, you know, I'm only here, you know, to pay my bills and to build my business. <laughs> when, I, when I left that job, when I quit, the very next day I had a business meeting. I walked into already things that I had set up and planned for my business. And then I was traveling for literally the rest of that year for like six months. I was speaking in like three different cities every single month. And I couldn't do that had I had been on a job, right? So that was the other thing, no like way. I knew where I was headed um, and I knew I needed the freedom to get there. But also, um, like I said, you just have to lock in. Um, you got to focus. You have to think about what it is that you want to do and think about um, multiple streams of income. So I went into this year literally with my motto of how can I work less and make more? That was my 2023 motto. Wow. How can I work less and make more? And I have literally been putting in place systems, processes, procedures. I've been putting in place all of the things to implement me building out uh, what we call a life by design, right? Where it's like, hey, like I, I, I've been joking with my team because, you know, it's cold in Chicago. So I'm like, all right, it's back to work. Like it's cold. You know, I ain't trying to be outside. But I'm like, I've been outside the last four months. And I've been traveling all over the place, speaking and, and, and really just enjoying my life, right? Summertime shy is, is a whole vibe. A vibe okay. Super if, vibe. You, if you ain't you experienced ain't summertime shy. Ain't no place like it. Ain't no place. But I'm like, I've been outside for the past four months. And then I had an aha moment where I realized, like, and I was like, you know what? And I don't regret it either. Like, yeah, you know, sales may have dipped a little bit, but business still got taken care of. My team still stepped up and did, you know, what they needed to do. And I had an epiphany, like, you know, the majority of people, their fiscal year is January to December. Maybe mine is October to May. Because I know as soon as the sun come out, like, I'm going to be outside. Unapologetically. <laughs> I'm going to be outside. I, I, I'm going to just be outside. But I can grind for eight to nine months, right? And I can build a business to what works for me. And I think that's the thing that you guys have to think about too. Build what works for you. And like I said, I was going to inspections at seven o'clock in the morning and downtown clocking in by eight, eight thirty, you know? And I would be literally, I got one hour break and two 15 minute breaks. You best believe on that 15 minutes, I was in the hallway negotiating contracts, going over inspection reports. Like I, every single minute that I had, I was investing in my business because I knew that I was called to more than just a cubicle, right? Like I was literally at my desk manifesting, getting up out of that job. Logging into my computer every day was full-time real estate investor 2019. It was abbreviated, right? F-T-R-E, investor 2019. Mm -hmm. but, but I had been typing that since 2017. That was my, that was my password to log into my computer.
I was manifesting like me getting up out of that job because I knew, um, you know, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to go into entrepreneurship. I knew I wanted to be my own boss and things like that. And then just over the time, um, your business will evolve, your goals will evolve, your dreams will evolve, right? And um, I just encourage everyone to uh, e evolve with them, but you gotta put in that work, right? You gotta hustle. And like, I, uh, I'm under contract right now um, on a building that I gotta go in and I gotta get all of the tenants out and I gotta do a full gut rehab and it's a huge undertaking. But I'ma create two to 300,000 in equity on the back end of this deal. That's big. But at the beginning of the deal, it's a lot of work. Yep. And I'm literally going back and forth like, man, this is a lot of work. Like, do I really want to take this on? And I thank God for my tribe who reminded me like, yeah, it's a lot of work, but that's what sets apart the good from the great, mm. right? You showing up and doing what is going to be hard work because not everybody is going to do it. And guess what? You don't have to be the most equipped. You don't have to be the most educated. You don't have to be the most qualified, right? You just have to have a goal and the hustle and the grit to stick in there and, and, and to make it, it happen. happen. And when I tell you I prayed and fasted over that deal, like, God, okay, like, if this is what you wanted to do, let it be easy. And it's been easy ever since. And so I'm like, okay. I prayed about it, so I can't necessarily walk away because cause he let me know. He landed out like, yeah, like, I'm giving you the green light. Like, you can go ahead and, you know, take this on, right? Like, it's, what it's going to do on the back end is going to, you know, add to my generational wealth, right? And add to, you know, the legacy that I'm leaving behind and things like that. And, yeah, it's going to be work. But when I pray and I receive confirmation over and over and over again, like, I want, like, I was under contract probably for like two weeks and I woke up one morning and I was still in anxiety over this deal, trying to decide if I was going to move on it. And I prayed that morning. I was like, God, you know, just let me know, like, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and literally later on that day, randomly out of the blue, uh, my attorney just called me just to chop it up. And he was like, oh, yeah. And, you know, by the way, you know, I got such and such on the deal. And then he's and then we had a whole 30 minute conversation. We've never even talked this long. We had a whole 30 minute conversation about the deal and just everything that's going on with it. And I just felt so felt, at peace. Yeah. Right. Like I had no concerns and no worries on not moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so um, I say that to say that. Like I said, what sets apart, you know, the good from the great is definitely going to be the work that is required in between. That's a bar. You can't, you can't, you can't end it up pretty much better than that. And that's the last thing I got for you. What's, what's, what's been your biggest regret? Oh, my biggest regret. Dang. Okay. So there's been a lot of lessons. There's been a lot. We didn't even talk about those. We didn't even talk about like the, the, the failed partnerships and yeah. in investing. We didn't talk about that. Um, you know, regret, um, not, not buying real estate sooner. Not buying, not buying real estate sooner. That's simple. And that's because at the time, nobody around me owned real estate. And so you didn't know. And I wanted to buy real estate. I remember even getting approved and going out and looking at properties by myself. But I was Just nervous. And the person that I asked, the one person that I did know that owned, you know, they talked like they only own one property. They didn't necessarily have an investor's mindset. They mm -hmm. owned their house and that was it. Um, but I didn't know anybody else to talk to. And they talked me out of that deal. Now, of course, that particular property has doubled in value, right? 
Um, but again, I, I was I was scared. I didn't know. So I would say, you know, buy real estate as early as possible, as soon as possible, right? Fresh out of high school, I mean, fresh out of college, whatever the case. There's so many different programs. You don't even have to have um, a long-term job to get approved for a loan. Fresh out of college, all you need is an offer letter, and you can actually get approved for financing Word. to buy a house or a multi-unit, you know, a building. Um, so, yeah, so that, I would say, is probably one of... Um, my biggest regrets. Probably the second one might be the fact that I didn't go away to school, so I don't mm. have that like dorm experience. life, college experience. But I also ain't got no student loan debt either. So, <laughs> so then there's that. But then um, the other things, there's been a lot of lessons along the way in terms of uh, partnerships. Man, I'm telling you, like yeah. the the book is coming out on partnerships we because gotta, we gotta do a whole other episode about that yeah because that the the lessons in that i'm talking about man like being fifty thousand dollars in the hole man, like it, it, it was, <laughs> it was a, i almost got out of real estate i was so discouraged um and i was like man why is it i remember being in tears and i was like is it is it this hard to find good people good people good people to do business with man that's the, not to cut you off but that's <laughs> the one thing that's the one downside about business is it's gonna expose you the exposure it gives you to a different side of the world and a different side of people that you didn't know exist beforehand hmm. doing business you find out how there's so many people that's a piece of shit that's full of shit. That's the word. That's scum of the earth. Yeah. And you find that just doing business because they try to rob you or they actually do rob you. Yeah. And and that's the and I, in my opinion that's the biggest downside of doing business because mm -hmm. you see people for who they are on a daily basis and yep. it like breaks their heart to see because especially if you oh somebody got a lot of faith in the world. Heartbroken. Okay. Heartbroken. I'm telling. I'm talking about. I was in tears. I was like, is it this hard? And I almost got out of real estate. But I will say that that's probably also what drives me to go so hard, hard, right? Because we can show that there is a side of real estate where you can have integrity. And, you know, you can be a good person in this business. You know, you ain't got to be, um, you know, a jerk, right? Jerk. And out here doing business with people like even, you know, in the real estate broker world. Like, you know, I'm representing the seller. You represent the buyer. Like, we're allies, right? Right? We yep. ultimately have the same goal. Why we got to come in this nasty and like we arguing with one another, you know? Um, but yeah, you, you don't have to be that in order to accomplish your goals and get, and to get business done. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, it's funny because actually when I remember being in um, undergrad and I remember just being so hungry to learn about real estate and it was the very last day of uh, one of my classes at community college. And uh, we were taking a final that day. It was the very last day of school. And before class, a lot of us were standing around in the lobby and I overheard one of my classmates talking about real estate. And I just got so excited. And I was like, ooh, you know, he's talking about real estate. Like, I'm telling you, when I was young, like, if you said, if you sneeze real estate, like, I was like, excuse me, hi, you know, I have questions. Like, you know, I, I just wanted to get started. I wanted to figure it out, right? Because like I said, I, I had to figure it out. Um, and I remember I didn't get a chance to talk to him before, before we went into class and before the exam started. So I'm literally 
rushing through my exam because I know I may not never see him again. So I'm rushing through my exam. I'm looking over seeing like, dang, I think he, he I think he almost done. So I'm rushing through the exam and I literally, you know, I, I hurry up and get finished. I see him getting up. I hurry up and get finished. Um, I don't even know if I passed or not. I don't care, but I'm sure I did. Ended up, you know, I didn't care at the time. But I ran out and caught him in the hallway and I was like, excuse me, I overheard you, um, you know, talking about real estate before the class. I just want to know, you know, how did you get started? You know, and he was like, um, get a good job and work hard. And he walked away. <laughs> I was like, rush through my test for this. Exactly. And so uh, I've never shared that on an interview but yeah, I think that probably too helped me be like, man, you know, I'm not, I'm never going to be, be like that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm never going to be like that. Like when I figure it out, like I'm going to reach back and I'm going to help other people because there, there's a, a good number of us who, again, we're just learning words like financial freedom and entrepreneurship and things like that for the first time now, you know, in 2023. Mm -hmm. And, and how are we, you know, having this conversation? Like, I remember um, seeing something on a, a, a building monitor one time in a lobby and it, it was around a holiday season and it said these are the top five things to avoid conversation um, around the holidays with your family and number one was death mm. and number two was finance yep. and I was like how is finances close to death right how is it second to death in worst conversations or categories that we should be talking about why isn't it more open at the dinner table right why aren't we talking about like hey oh, okay you got a 500 credit score well let me help you get to a six let me help you get to a seven right or instead of like the shaming and the bashing or like oh okay you make you know forty thousand dollars a year let's talk about you know what programs you can go do or you know attend or go back to school or whatever to get you to that you know eighty ninety hundred thousand dollars a year like why is finances up there you know next to death in terms of things that we should not talk about with our family and I remember those things just sticking with me and just being like, nah, like I'm gonna be the one that's gonna talk about this with my family, talk about it with my friends, be a safe space. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that is how we begin to shift the narrative. Mm, that's big. No, that's, it, it's so many things that we didn't even get the chance to talk about. And I'm like, man, we, we gotta do a, another episode so we can talk about all that. But before we wrap this one up, I just wanna say, sis, you already know how much I appreciate you flying out here to get this done with me. We've been talking about this for, I don't know how long we've been right. talking about it. We've been talking about this for a minute now. So to finally get it done, I can't wait to see the reaction when we put it out. And secondly, before we wrap up, plug in all your stuff where people can find you. If they want to become a client of yours, follow you. Yep. Everything you got going on, plug it. Yes, yes, yes. So um, at Rashana Scott everywhere um, on all social media platforms, at Flipping the Hills for my women's real estate community. Um, you can get in contact with me or my team by clicking the link in, uh, in my bio. All things Chicago real estate, all things women real estate investing. Hey, y'all make sure y'all follow Rashana. Y'all see all the value she just brought to the show. And she really doing it. She's going crazy. She's only going to grow even more. So make sure y'all tap in with her. And y'all can find me on all platforms. I'm at the official Xavier Miller on Instagram. I'm at Millionaire Mindsets. That's on every single platform there is. You can follow us, tap in with the show. And that's all I got for y'all on this episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching Ain't no more excuses valid, get up off the couch and get up in your bag To your bank account, need an accountant